हे एवरी वन वेलकम टू द गांजा शो आर गेस्ट फॉर द डे इज मैथ्यू हैरल्ड ही वेयर्स लॉट ऑफ हैथ्स वन ऑफ इट इज एन हेल्थ a health expert uh, he has been in the health field for a long period of time he loves yoga uh, that is the only way he is connected to india uh, and then he sort of went into cannabis and cannabis marketing uh, one of the most interesting thing about uh, cannabis marketing is that there are a lot of uh, first of all regulations secondly it's a extremely new field um, so welcome matthew to the show uh, how are you doing I'm doing very well. Thank you so much, Vipin. I I'm excited to be here and share whatever I can to help you. I'm excited to help. Um I I think India is a beautiful country. People ask me where I want to travel to and India is one of those places where I I personally on that personal note would love to explore um the spiritual the spiritual centers of India. um yoga has been very important to me and and I really appreciate India for all the knowledge and the science that that India as a very old culture with uh I think a beautiful history has provided to the rest of the world so all of this makes me feel very good and I'm happy to be here thanks for having me on oh it's it's an it's a pleasure to have you I mean uh, just getting connected to the new to so many new people to the podcast i i mean it's it has been an exciting journey um uh, let's talk about yoga for a second and it's it's a bit of a different topic but i mean it's sure. it's also an ancient uh, you could say a physical uh, fitness form and cannabis also is also an ancient indian cultural thing so how first of all you got connected to it and i have seen i mean in canada and us there's a lot of uh, cannabis yoga and stuff <laughs> so yeah is that is that something that you're looking for in future probably <laughs> it's interesting i hadn't really thought of that it certainly is part of the culture i think in uh, north america at large yoga culture tends to have a very um uh, their arms are open they're very welcoming of cannabis into their their practice and i think they're perhaps kind of trying to do the same thing right for many people cannabis is a tool like a hammer or a screwdriver to help one along in their journey towards enlightenment to be more self-aware as well as to find more purpose and meaning in life Yoga is for me has been one of the very successful um I'll say it educations right ultimately the books the texts and the exercises for the mind and now the body are for the purpose of what I see is looking for truth hmm. it's ultimately a way to also exercise the brain and the spirit so that they are one with each other one with the body and one with the the entire universe we could say so that we don't see someone across from us as oh that's a different person it's no this person is very much a part of me i am a part of them and therefore anything that i do is going to be unto myself because i am i am one with everything what i love about yoga is that it is an education right the the sutras created by patanjali are step by step 
and meant to be followed in sequence, at least to a point. He, he points out that one connects to the next one. And I think that's what's really neat about yoga. It to me is not the, the true yoga that I've found in my, my study and my practice does not try and tell anybody that they are wrong. What yoga simply tries to do is observe the way the universe works and do its best to describe how we can become the best version of ourselves within this universe, within this lifetime, so that we can set ourselves up for the next life, as well as perhaps reaching that level where we go on to a, a new plane, a new place. And I think all of that is, is something that's very beautiful. It speaks to my heart and my understanding. And I love that yoga does not try and tell any other religion or spiritual practice or philosophy that it's wrong. It, I think yoga has been very successful in speaking from a place that it was, it was developed by people who watched and all they tried to do was not explain uh, why something happens, but instead simply to explain what they see. So therefore it can't make mistakes because it's focused on what actually happens without trying to go beyond our experience. And that's, that's a beautiful thing to me. I think yoga is a very special tool for all of us, has a lot to teach us. Yeah, interestingly, I mean, you mentioned about Patanjali and uh, Patanjali is uh, an Indian brand recently came up in the FMCG sector and um, they were actually trying to legalize ma medical marijuana for a certain period. <laughs> so I think that's a great no connection. Kidding. Yeah, they are into Ayurveda. So it's, uh, it dates back to the traditional Indian medicine. So it's sort of matched up. But yeah, it's sort of a great thing. Um, I mean, we are sort of sidetracking, but again, interesting points. Yes. Cannabis is always, not always, but in some sense connected to spirituality, right? Uh, people always connect uh, cannabis to not just as a medicine, but also a spiritual healer. They get to experience a lot of things. Some people say that uh, uh, they are more uh, loving when they uh, sort of smoke a joint, things like that. You see, you hear Joe Rogan saying, Let's let's talk about you work with a few brands uh, and you're working with a, a good chunk of startups in US. Um, how do you figure out a way to market on social media? I mean, uh, there was a there. Uh, I, I think there's a huge problem in cannabis industry in US where you still have to deal in cash. Or uh, has the law been changed now? The the social media is a strong thing. We can't advertise hmm. really. Um, in Massachusetts, I was able to find local newspapers. We could advertise with them. However, a lot of these large, large companies, especially publicly traded, if they're on the stock market, they really don't want to touch that because that's under federal law. So now if hmm. they're working with a, a cannabis company and they accept advertising money, because we might be in a place as a cannabis company who's serving patients and recreational consumers, the, the federal government sees this thing. It's so big. And technically, we are absolutely breaking a serious federal law <laughs> in a very
very large way, yet by state law, the state says, nope, they're fine. And so the federal government is in the U.S. at the very least sitting back and kind of watching this and, and not doing anything about it. That being said, if you're Facebook, you're on the stock market and you have all sorts of federal agencies looking at your operations from a number of different angles. Mm-hmm. So if you start accepting advertising money from a company that in the, let's just not talk about the state, let's talk about the federal government. It's pretty much the same thing as you accepting drug money uh, to advertise, mm-hmm. say, a cartel, Got right? It. Say, say uh, we, we sometimes on our borders have trouble with drug cartels in Mexico and they have operations yep. on both sides. It's a problem. It's true. I'm not going to pretend it doesn't exist. It can be violent too. So from the federal federal government standpoint, it's the same thing. It's drug money. It's a it's a schedule 1 that's the that's the highest most um, serious category for all drugs. It means that it recognizes no medicinal benefit there's no medical value there we know that's not true but that's how the law sits at the federal government so we can't advertise yet we can we can we can make social media campaigns we can do it all the same ways in the past there was something called shadow banning which was a way that social media companies would would take your posts and they they wouldn't suspend your account they wouldn't delete your account they would just somehow put it in a category where their software their computer and your their algorithms would not show your posts even to people who followed you follow you see your posts no it would just make it as if it was invisible Hmm. and people had to figure that out they would think gee nobody likes my posts anymore i must be doing something wrong with a little (laughs) closer look they figure out gee it's not me I'm okay. It's that they changed the system and it's a computer. The computer is not showing my post to anybody. Um, One way I've heard around that is if you change on Instagram, for example, you can have a business account, you can have a personal account. I think a lot of companies are focusing on their company is technically run as a a personal account, which means you do not get analytics. However, there's a better chance you're not going to get shadow banned yeah and you're I've not going to get thing. your account suspended perfect yeah i've done the same thing i mean <laughs> once you become a business account then there are different expectations from the algorithm as well they would probably want you to spend more money in boosting pages uh, boosting posts and things like that so i've sort of kept it a personal account yeah i i thought let's try doing that and let's see how uh, they react and i get huge engagement i mean compared to the number of followers i have <laughs> it's it's a lot because it works like a personal account it works like a person's account rather than a brand's account yeah yes the other thing that we've done in uh, i see some companies doing we always had a warning message right 21 and up yep so so that seems to you you never know you never know who on the back end is looking and as well as it doesn't have to be a representative from any social media company it could just be someone filing a complaint and yeah. i think we as a any cannabis brand is going to do themselves a favor when they they include that messaging that that shows that they are an ethical company they have mm-hmm. people's best interests in mind they're not trying to sell to kids 
that that's going to, I think, decrease that risk that somebody who doesn't even work for a social media company, they'll send the report. No, we can reduce that by putting in good messaging. Your your second question was the banks, and that's been a problem. You know, the one company that I worked with, the owner was out with their niece shopping. Apparently, their credit card company found out that they were the owner of a cannabis company and without telling them, suspended or canceled one of their big credit cards. It had nothing. It was not tied to the business. I don't know if maybe they had made some purchases, you know, Mm -hmm. for the company and reimbursed. Either way, it seemed as simple as they found out this person who had a credit card with them also owned a cannabis company and they canceled their line of credit without telling them. So they, they, right. This is somebody who, who has, has probably never had a credit card canceled on them and they go to buy a gift for their niece and they can't because their line of credit's gone. They had a backup. Fortunately, I think they saved the day. However, it was a wake up call for them. Banking can be hard. There are some banks that just won't work with a cannabis company. So I found in Massachusetts, for example, some some cannabis companies end up working with local banks. Local banks seem a little more willing to take that risk, whereas, say, a Bank of America or a Santander are are more hesitant to work with a cannabis company. And again, when you start to hit an international bank, now you're talking about different laws, maybe um, right the federal the federal level yeah. of regulation they're going to look a little more closely at that behavior from from their standpoint of bigger banks so i've noticed i've noticed that um smaller banks smaller companies are getting those financial services uh they're getting those accounts with cannabis companies and it's because some of the bigger institutions don't want to touch it and and frankly i see exactly why it it would be it could be in the blink of an eye that their business gets in big trouble. Exactly. So that's, that's a unique challenge. We, we, you know, we were not able to accept credit card, uh, credit card transactions whatsoever for the same reasons. Hmm. It would put these big credit card companies essentially through the federal eyes. They're, they're moving money for drug companies. It, yeah. It's ill. It's illegal. And so everything was done with cash and debit cards. And even the debit cards, it was not a debit transaction. It was technically that every single one of our registers was set up like an ATM. So it was like you going to an ATM to take money out of your bank account. You put your (laughs) PIN number in. And really, we are the ATM. So me, if I'm serving a patient or a consumer, I am technically just a machine you just put in your card, you typed in your PIN number, and oh, I owe you some money, and I'm really, I'm playing the game that I'm actually like a robot giving you your money from your ATM withdrawal. And then you're you're giving me cash for something you want to buy, yet the way it's done is you swipe your card, you do it, I just give you a little bit of money back, and I keep the rest of the money. So we didn't play the full game, but it is a game. Yeah. It sort of looks like a child game where you're trying to figure out loopholes <laughs> in a stupid system. But yeah, I, I absolutely get it. I mean, 
before it, cannabis was legalized it was a part of a illegal market and there were mafias there were uh, cartels trying to do uh, illegal things and yeah i mean people have to be safeguarded legally at some point but <laughs> i still think like there could be a middle ground for this right uh, mm-hmm. companies of god an actual license like that's how you legitimate any business so uh, i i honestly don't think uh, like a lot of uh, illegal companies would try and get into banks and like show that they earning so much money <laughs> and get into trouble unnecessarily with irs and, and different other agencies um yeah quite interesting i mean uh, it's uh, what do you think about uh, the future of uh, branding in cannabis i mean uh, like i said uh, uh, the brands currently try and have uh, um some or the other uh, aspect of cannabis in their name or in their logo uh, but that is not the case do you think it will go away with time or uh, it's just happening because then there is a need of a lot of education within the customer and as as that last part of that question again so future branding and then uh, what were you asking would it go away with time can you repeat that for me sure sure i i was just stating that uh, would uh, the names uh, change and become like a different brand than the plant itself right i mean uh, apple right, the canna. yeah the canna wala canna thing yeah canna uh, this canna that exactly um is is it because there is a need of need of lot of education or is it uh, something else altogether i think it's a couple things and and um the future the future is is going to shift The canna thing is it was obvious for mm-hmm. an industry that's never never existed it's it's an easy way that people know what you are right away mm-hmm. and so so it was it's it was like an easy smart move in the beginning and now i think companies are realizing now people can't remember which canna you are are you canna <laughs> this are you canna that are you this exactly. canna are you that canna are you canna red or you canna blue i don't know i forget i just know your canna something but i might go to the store now and buy the one that has similar colors and has canna in the name and be like oh i don't think this is the same oh well oh i like this one maybe i'll try and remember that and now you've lost a consumer. So I think companies are starting to figure out that maybe that wasn't it was a good strategy in the beginning because it communicates exactly what you are. They felt clever doing it and the ones that maybe found the most clever iterations without losing their audience are are successful yet yet I think the future branding is going to split right the industry is going to split there's going to be so many different pathways here there are going to be craft right craft brands more like your craft beer your craft wine where we're talking about a vintage and a year of harvest right this year was really good or or this harvest if it's an indoor facility is a really mm. good harvest and and here's why so there's more of a story it's a craft product right it's not the same as getting a piece of art that's made the same way every time it's no i'm i'm a craft consumer that that wants something that does have that human human change in it right it's not exactly the same and some people want that those those are the brands that are going to have one strategy 
And then you're also going to see a split into the medicinal side where we're going to look at consistency. Those brands are going to have a strategy. And even beyond that, we're going to look at products that really start to look more like over the counter drugs in terms of supplements or the same way someone would go get a vitamin D supplement. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're going to go get say a CBD or a CBG or maybe a couple, right? Maybe it's a, it's a, a men's formula and a women's formula, just like a daily vitamin. Yep. So every single one of those is going to be different and we haven't touched skincare and beauty products there you're gonna have your edibles right and you're gonna have a separation between brands that are focused on on health right we are strictly for we are a health and wellness product or we are strictly a pharmaceutical product we are strictly a recreational product maybe we're a recreational product that focuses on healthy lifestyle that being said, all of those are going to have very different brands. We're going to see that variation come. And I think with that, we're going to see some of the same practices come into play in the way these brands are built. So the way you build a great, say, wine brand is different than a great beer brand. It requires us looking at who, who do we think is actually going to buy our product, right? If, if I don't like wine, period... I do personally, but I also don't drink. That being said, I used to like wine a lot when I drank it. And if I don't like wine, no matter what you do to market to me, I'm going to be like, yes, I love your brand. I love your marketing, but I don't want wine. Yeah. And so if they spend all that money to convince me to like them, they could be very successful and I'll still never buy a product from them. So, it's going to require these companies really figure out, gee, if I'm an edibles company, I want to create an edible that's healthy and tasty. And it's great for people who say want to get ready for their workout and also a different product that's going to help them relax after their workout, workout. And, and improve. That's a brand that needs to focus on those people. So what are those people like? Do they like being outside? Do they like being inside a gym? right? How do they exercise? And when they're not exercising, what are they doing? Are we talking about someone who has a young family and wants to be there for their kids? Are we talking about someone who doesn't have a family and is looking for their partner in life so they want to feel strong and attractive? These are all different things. And a brand needs to focus on those things in order to figure out next, how do we communicate that our product can help them along the way in their life and finding and building the life that they truly want. That's going to be very different from, say, the grandparent that has chronic pain and just wants to be able to go to the grocery store without needing to hire a nurse or a service to bring them their groceries. So I think all those things are worth considering. In the future, we're going to see brands be more complicated we're going to see, I, I like to think of it as uh, multi-dimensional brands. If we think of a brand, we often think, okay, there's a logo, there's a story, right? They have social media accounts and we're going to show them our employees and all these other things. But we can get, if I'm a brand that offers you relaxation, I don't just have to show you 
um, our product and tell you it relaxes you. I can show you, uh, say, a person that is relaxing and I don't even have to show them using the product. I can just show the scene that someone's going to say, that's what I want. And that could also be, say, for me, it might be just a really small image. Like it could be a leaf with beautiful beautiful colors and little water droplets on it, right? Which shows life and health and vitality and also in a way that might relax somebody. Yet I never showed the cannabis product. I never maybe even showed a person. I just showed this really beautiful thing that makes someone think, ooh, natural, clean, healthy, and relaxed. So I think we're going to see things get a bit more complicated, more creative. I think brands will create those new dimensions in the way they they tell their story and the way that they they build build this idea in other people's minds so that they can feel a, a deeper connection to their brands. And ultimately, that's that's where I I'm excited to go with with brands is as they are ready and as more and more people join the industry who are who already know these ideas branding is going to get very exciting because it's going to be very complicated. It's going to be very creative and it's going to become more successful in helping people find products that really speak to them as well as uh, products that can truly help them. Yeah. I mean, it's exciting to listen to you, honestly, uh, talking about things, things like, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, getting it's the product kind. out. Yeah, getting the product out there and how do you get get the product? It, it made me excited about, you know, being a part of uh, a, a marketing team at a cannabis industry, you know, figuring out ways to uh, so that people can relate to brand. I mean, simple, very simple things like you said, if you have so many similar names and so many similar colors, the customer won't be able to recognize you as a brand. <laughs> they might just choose some other brand and they might think it's you it's sort of counterintuitive to what you are trying to do that is building a loyalty and a successful business and uh, i honestly think that sometimes probably that's because it's very new industry i think people are forgetting that it's a business and there are some basics of business that you need to follow <laughs> uh, and they, they i think they're sort of losing that uh, uh, skipping that whole uh, lesson on business i think uh, a great talking to you, Matthew. I mean, I, you have made me so excited about the product and I'm definitely uh, so going to look into cannabis marketing and uh, learned a lot from you, man. I appreciate it. I really appreciate the opportunity. I, I would love to talk again. I've loved our conversations both here and the ones we've had before the show. It's, it's really exciting. And I love learning from you about what, what's happening over in India. I think, I think it's a great thing. And, and I tell you what, when I finally get to my trip over to India, I'm definitely yeah. going to be hitting you up so we can, we can have <laughs> these conversations in person. Definitely. I mean, I always love the in-person conversations and so many guests that I've talked to, they want to come to India. And I think India is on the brink of, uh, uh, legalizing at least some part of cannabis uh, awesome. all across the country. Uh, when I mean very close, I mean two to three years. But yes, it's it's there. And there is a great opportunity. I mean, yeah. Thanks for letting me be involved. I look forward to the next one. And, and best of luck. Stay safe out there. Stay healthy. 
same man same uh i have to drop off i have to rush out home i'm still in office right now <laughs> so thank you thank you so much for coming we'll chat definitely chat again and uh, yeah you take care bye bye